0: Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Binge Town TV. I am Paul, and with me are Brian and Jimmy. Today, we are back with the third episode of Disney Plus's The Fat W's titled Power Broker. Best episode yet for myself. I mean, we got a whole lot of Zemo, which might be my favorite character in the show as of right now. <laughs> we got some crime, we got some criminal activity, we got some Wakanda. Woo!
1: Yeah, this is a really good episode. I said this in the WandaVision podcast. I was actually a little worried for Falcon and Winter Soldier just because WandaVision had so much hype and Falcon and Winter Soldier wasn't being talked about that much. And WandaVision was being talked about as so new and refreshing. And people were worried about Falcon and Winter Soldier going back to the formulaic MCU stuff. But like I've been saying in the last two episode, the formulaic MCU stuff is comforting right now. I freaking love it. This has been such a good show, and I don't even know, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I was really into WandaVision for the things that I just kept hoping to happen, and it was like theories and theories and theories were just so fun, but this show is just, I am just in it. Like, I, mm. I am watching it, and I'm loving everything about it. I still did love WandaVision, but for, for now, I, I'm really enjoying Falcon Winter
0: yeah, Soldier. just enjoying the rides exactly yeah. what you're saying i
2: like how i like the pacing of it so far how they're kind of for a lot of things they're just putting the pedal to the metal like i was just like oh okay zemo's in prison even if they want to like link up with him how is that going to work and they they told it all in a flashback like it yeah. was an off-screen thing of them breaking him out it just kind of happened and boom within 10 minutes of this episode starting zemo is part of the squad i thought yeah. that was awesome uh sharon carter she's just in this place um Uh, what's it called? Marzipor? Marzipor. Magipor. She's just here, you know, that we got her now. So the pacing has been great. And yeah, like you guys have said, this is very strong episode, probably the best of the first three. And it's just great to see Zemo. I really love the actor, the character. Mm. We were talking about it last game. I, I just love the methodical villains who are playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers. And I can tell that's exactly what's going on.
0: Yeah. Real quick, you just said last game instead of last pod, <laughs> Did so I really? <laughs> um, but but yeah, I agree with everything you guys are saying. I, I love how they're just kind of going pedal to metal because they are giving us the how and the why, but they're just like, all right, no bullshit. And like, Zemo's in prison, next scene Zemo's out. like, yep. Right, bang, bang, bang. And it's, it kind of makes me wish that I just didn't watch any episodes until they were all out and I just banged through them just like it's one extra long like movie like Sam and Bucky's own, like infinity. Hey man,
1: we are binge town TV. We love binging. So, uh, uh, I mean, that's, that's a thing that that's a big debate for people, whether nowadays people like to just throw it all at once in one season, or if they like the week to week, it's an interesting debate to have. And I don't know if we need to have it now, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I was going
2: to say that could be like a 20 minute, Exactly. Tangent that we go off of. So I I don't even want to open that bag of worms right now. Yeah, I'd Great. have to
0: write all my thoughts down. <laughs> but all right, I'm down to jump into it if you guys are. Let's yeah, do let's it. do it. Yeah, so right away, opening scene, we get this GRC Global Repatriation Council commercial. It says, like, basically, we're here to help you like reset, restore, rebuild. And they kept saying the phrase, like, get things back to the way they were. And I think that's going against, you know, everything Carly is standing for, which is she doesn't want things to go back. She doesn't want the same people in charge. She wants a new world where everybody's equal. So it's it's like a weird, eh, I kind of see where you're coming from, but at the I same time. Keep,
2: I just keep thinking what a massive undertaking that would have to be for like one unified organization to be responsible for, what am I trying to say, redistributing like citizenship and supplies to all these people that essentially just came back into existence after a five-year blip. That would be a Herculean undertaking.
1: Yeah, literally reacclimating half of the entire world.
0: Which, okay, uh, the hypocrisy is evident right away because after this commercial ends where it's like, we're here to help you, it just cuts to this GRC van, door opens, it's Walker and Lamar. First thing he says, don't give them a second to delete, shred, or breathe. So there's that ferocity that you guys were talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, these guys are storming into this house, like choking people out like against a wall, breaking all their shit. Like, how is this helping them? I we understand this is their the little section of the GRC that's supposed to keep things stable, but they literally just look like, you know, dictators.
2: Yeah, and so this was the same place and the same German guy that was harboring Carly from episode two, I believe. So Johnny and Lamar are clearly on Carly's tail. They're only a few weeks behind her. But John has a scene where he pins up the German guy and says he gets his face spat at. And he says, do you know who I am? And the guy's like, yes, I do. And I do not care. Yeah, there is no respect put on Johnny Walker's name. Nobody respects him as the new cap. And I love it.
1: Agreed. And, you know, if Steve Rogers got spit on, he would be like, listen, man, I know where you're coming from. Please (laughs) let's talk about this. Okay, Johnny Walker. I was actually expecting Johnny Walker to rough him up more. Yeah, I thought he was going to beat him up more.
2: Look, it's if you have to remind people, like, look at me. Do you know who I am? And that's yep. how you get respect. That's no way to get respect just on the title alone. There's there's nothing besides the fact that he is Captain America that is commanding respect. It's it's such a great
1: line when he said, like you said, Brian, when he says, I know who you are and I do not care.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Steve would have like gotten a chair, turned it around, sat yeah. on that. <laughs> So, you're a little upset. Let's go through why. No, definitely Walker is not up for this task. One thing cool, though, Lamar is like a translator. I don't know how many languages he knows, but that's sweet. I like him Mm. more because of that. I didn't notice that. He just whipped out German on the spot. Yeah. More worldly guy than I thought he was. So, then Lamar and Walker outside. They're basically debating whether or not to continue pursuing this. Lamar is saying, like, yo, we tried everything we could. There's nowhere else to go. Carly is out there providing food and shelter. Like, that creates loyalty. I think we're going to have a really tough time tracking her down. Why don't we let this go? And Walker's like, fuck no. I really want this. Let's just bet on somebody with a better hand. So basically, their great investigation skills is to just tag along behind Sam and Bucky and see whatever they get and piggyback off of that.
1: And you know that if Johnny Walker doesn't turn heel by the end of this, and is still in some way either Captain America or maybe he doesn't have the shield anymore if Sam or Bucky take over, but he's still a U.S. agent. Eh? You like what I did there, U.S. agent? He's going to try to take credit for what they do, and you know it. You know he'll be he'll be tailing them and try to take the credit. Johnny Walker's costume is looking very similar to the U.S. agent costume from the the comics it's less and less like uh Captain America it is interesting that Johnny Walker's I love how we're calling him Johnny Walker too uh John Walker's actor said that that he actually asked to use Captain America's uniform the like Steve Rogers uniform the one Chris Evans wore and MCU higher up said no
0: that's cool I like that
2: I do like that I mean the suit means something it's a symbol
1: yeah (sighs) I have a feeling he'll stick around as a U.S. agent for a while. So, like, we already have the theory on our podcast that he's going to deal with the power broker and become a super soldier and this and that, you know, at some point. Um, I think that this being his costume now, it will stay around, whether so. it's he's Captain America
2: or not. So you stuff. think this this Johnny Walker entity, you think he's going to be sticking around in the MCU for the foreseeable future, like, ongoing? Past? I this think series? so. Yeah, cool. I think so.
0: All right, so that brings us to Sam and Bucky there in the hallway. They're about to go see Zemo, and right away, Bucky's like, all right, Sam, I'm going to go in alone. And what and did I'll- we say? Oh, we said my- that
1: was going to happen.
0: I was just like, come on, dude. If I was Sam, there was no way I would ever let that happen. He was like, oh, come on. You're an Avenger. You know how he feels about Avengers. But it's like, bro, like it it's just too risky. Yeah. And you know how risky
1: it is because he started the conversation the right way.
0: <laughs> Literally, first thing he tried, goes in, doesn't say hi, doesn't say how you doing. He goes right into the the sequence of words. Yep. Um, so Bucky, you know, leans up against the glass. Yeah, that won't work on me anymore. I know. I just wanted to see the new, how the new you reacts to the old words. And something is still in there.
1: It's interesting that he said that he still sees something in there and it's dormant, whether he's messing with his mind, like Brian said, and he's playing that chess, or if he still thinks that, you know, winter soldiers in the back of his head, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about.
2: Hey, I agree with Zemo. I think there is a little something, something that's still lingering in Bucky. I mean, you can't completely forget about that history with him. you know he's still got that monster inside him Uh, i also like that zemo apologizes to him Mm -hmm. he he just says straight up for what it's worth like i'm sorry uh wasn't personal you were just a means to a necessary end
0: yep Mm yep like whatever and And i was just gonna say bucky doesn't even react to that he's just like hey right to the chase somebody recreated the super soldier serum sss um (laughs) i need to find out who and instantaneously, Zemo figures it all out. He's like, you're assuming Hydra has something to do with it. And you're desperate, so you came to me. That's so weird. I'm like, dude, no wonder you kept showing the chessboard in your cell. You are just a genius. Luckily for you, I know where to begin. So this dude, already, yeah.
2: This dude is too dangerous. You can just tell from that conversation, he figured out everything. The whole reason behind why Bucky was here right now. It mm-hmm if this guy gets resources to start operating off of who he's danger, but I love him so much.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was going to be a little bit longer of a conversation and we do flash to one little, to a little bit longer of it after we see Sam and Bucky talking, but it was still
2: really, really good. Yeah. So, and then we do get the cut to Sam and Bucky talking and they're in this, this garage. They have flashlights. It's dark. And Sam is up in arms about, Bucky's apparent idea to break Zemo out of prison. Bucky must've said like, Hey, I want to break him out of prison. <laughs> Sam is having none of it. And Bucky, Bucky's just like, can I walk you through a hypothetical, Sam? Let me, let me walk you through a hypothetical. And Sam already knows that he did something. He's like, Buck, what did you do, dude? And this is where we get the flashback of Bucky breaking Zemo out of this, this prison in Berlin, pretty effortlessly. He starts like a jailhouse fight, which puts it in the lockdown protocol, and then Zemo gets out of his cell, kicks some guards' ass, pulls the fire alarm, and gets out in the chaos. Um, And then we have Zemo in the flesh walk into the garage, and Sam is pissed. Yep.
0: (laughs) That was perfectly, well, perfectly done. Perfectly done. I mean, Zemo, (coughs) watching him just be smart and finagle his way through the crowd, and then as soon as Bucky gets done telling Sam, Zemo walks in. That's just... It just shows how smart he is. Um, to go back just to the beginning of of you know the the escape, which by the way, Bucky is a genius and he's he's a schemer. If he's able to draw that plan up quickly, so the first thing Bucky says to Zemo is, "What's that you're reading?" Zemo says Machiavelli. First of all, I can only assume it's The Prince, right, B. Tom's The Prince by Machiavelli. Yeah. That's the only thing. Um, (laughs) Thank you, Mrs. Graham. AP Euro, And the second thing to do with that, why did he ask? Because the scene that we see next is Zemo walks over to the book, opens it up, and he has a security badge to to scan through. So did Bucky, using his superhuman perception, see that that book was just a little mislodged and it had a fat card in it and he assumed that Zemo already had a card? That's the only thing I could think of.
1: I'm um, Honestly, I took it like he, Bucky's got it in there somehow, and he was telling him what's the book. So it was just like a hint to go check your book out,
2: you know? Mm. Yes, I, I thought Bucky had planted it, not that yeah. Zemo had already acquired it.
0: Yeah, I hope that we get a further explanation because from as far as we could tell – They were completely sealed off. He couldn't slip anything through. So Bucky would have had it done it before, but then that doesn't make sense because they just started this plan to go see him. Yeah. I
1: mean, the sequence is a little bit weird because obviously we have Bucky and Sam, Sam goes off while Bucky goes in to talk to him. Or I guess we're assuming that this is at a later time that Bucky breaks him out a second Mm -hmm. Or is it the first time <laughs> Bucky I assume... had this plan the whole entire
0: time? Well, it shows Bucky getting escorted out of Zemo's cell by a guard. He walks down mm-hmm. these steps from that exact time drops down the note in front of the guard or the prisoners to make him fight that exact moment. So the fight breaks yeah. out. So, so when Sam and yeah, Bucky so went then to it visit has him, it has to be, yeah, it, it happened at the exact same right after, honestly.
1: So uh, Bucky had to have had the plan in motion for before any of it, but before he even showed up with Sam. Yeah, I just saying.
2: don't know how he slipped him. The key card is, is yeah, why I'm still yeah. lost.
0: He, that, yeah. there's but Nonetheless, either, he does. Yeah. Well, there's only two options. It's either Zemo somehow stole it and Bucky saw that he had it because he's a beast or Bucky slipped him the car somehow. Yeah. That's the only two yeah. things I can think of. But anyway, that, that had me rewinding and replaying the scene like over and over. <laughs> Same
2: here. Yeah. I, That was the one part that just didn't click with me. But nonetheless, Zemo walks into the garage and he immediately starts saying, like, if I may. And they both say, no, you don't say shit. Apologies. Um, So Bucky brings out or excuse me. Bucky brings up how Sam stuck his neck out for Steve once back in the day by supporting him when he didn't sign the Sokovian Accords. And he's like, hey, I'm asking you to stick your neck out for me again. And Sam's on board. So I mean, now we got a squad.
1: Yeah, we talked about this last episode. This again is testing how much Sam trusts and loves Steve because for anybody that's not Steve, Bucky is the winter soldier. You know, they were on the run for two years together. You know, Bucky was part of the whole Civil War situation where they obviously got to bond a little bit. But for the most part, you're talking to, you're saying, hey, trust me. I'm going to break out this major, major villain, and I need you to have my back, bro. And it's basically all on Steve giving Bucky the, you know, his credibility, Credi- credibility,
2: exactly.
0: His stamp of approval.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that I'm- stamp of approval carries a lot of weight. I mean, it's Steve Rogers who commanded that kind of respect, you know?
0: Yeah. Yep. And this is when we get a late title sequence. I was digging it. I liked that they gave us a whole lot of story before perfectly throwing mm-hmm. in the fat W's. So anyway, uh, cuts to Sam and he's saying like, "Yo, so our move is to commit Grand Theft Auto." They're in this huge garage with all these cars. You can tell from all these different generations. And Zima's like, "Oh no, these are mine. They're a collection from my family over generations. You know, I spent years hunting people, Hydra recruited to, you know, recreate the serum um, because once it's out there." someone create an army of people like the Avengers. And he goes on to say, I entered the winter soldier program once before I have no intention to leave my work unfinished.
2: Yeah. They didn't comment on that at all. When he said, I have no intention to leave my work unfinished. Yeah. I think that's a little surprising.
1: I know. I agree. I think that they, I mean, Sam knows that this is a very sketchy plan. You know, I, I I guess it's just in the back yeah. of both of their heads. And, you know, you know, soon as Zemo gets a chance, he's gunning for them, too.
2: Or. Or, because he's had <laughs> chances this episode. That's what, what I was going to say. And it's it's Damn. it's weird. He's definitely I, I, I'm with you. I think he's still using them for his personal gain. I think he's he's got more that he needs from Sam and Bucky, but he did yeah. have opportunities to to leave.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I I, 100% thought that when he put the mask on, that was when he was dipping, yeah. you know? But yeah, like you were saying, he needs Sam and Bucky to finish off the stuff with Carly and the Flag Smashers because he wants all the Super Soldier serum gone. As soon as that's gone and his plan is done, he's going for, for the Avengers again.
0: Yeah, bringing up that mask, it's this scene, actually, where he goes into the car and grabs it. He looks at it, you know, he's like, eh, yeah, I'll bring it just in case <laughs> he looks into his bag. Uh, I assume that mask is what he looks like in the comics.
1: Yeah, so this is actually, we're going to get to in a second when they take the private jet, but this is the first time in the MCU that they're actually going to bring up the fact that he's rich, he's hes royalty, and his name is, he's a Baron. He's mm-hmm. Baron, you know, he's Baron Helmet Zemo, He hasn't been called baron in the mcu yet at all he's just been called helmet zemo he's a a lot different in the mcu than he is in the comics he is way more straight up villain in the comics and he wears the the mask as an homage to his father his father actually had a situation where he was fighting captain america and he was doing something with chemicals while he's wearing this mask The chemicals splattered all over his face during the fight with Captain America, and the mask got stuck to his face forever. So he (laughs) had to wear that mask forever. And that was, you know, and that's just an homage that he does to his first dad in the comics. None of that is in this. So, yeah,
0: if if they bring that up, that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, And he ends this scene by saying, like, you know, first place we start is with a woman named Selby. You know, mid level fence, I still have a rope up. We'll climb from there. So his confidence is just amazing. He's walking with such swagger. It's unbelievable. And then this is where it cuts to what you're talking about, Jimmy. It's his private jet. And Sam's like, what the hell? So you're super rich. I was a baron. I was a royalty before you people destroyed my country. And this is where we meet Oznik, the (laughs) fucking old. (laughs) Ninety-year-old butler—that's a sneeze away from breaking a rib.
1: <laughs> yeah, so. and and also—is this the—is this where we actually get the scene where he's they're on the plane, or do we cut first mm-hmm. to another scene? Yeah, so now nah, they go in the PJ. Yeah, the scene where they're on the plane and Zemo's reading Bucky's list. Very, very interesting because he's on that list. Remember, we talked about the list in episode one, and he's actually on there. He didn't bring it up, but. It was, it was funny to me that he's sitting
2: there reading it and Bucky was like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. Bucky uh, was not okay with that. So did he pickpocket the list? Is that, is that the assumption here?
1: I guess. I mean, yeah, because Bucky has it on him at all times. So mm-hmm. he either pickpocketed it or he just knew or made, yeah, no, it has to be that because yeah. Bucky
0: didn't want him reading it. I assume it was like while they were getting on the plane or something. Yeah. Cause he even said like after you or something. Yeah.
2: So as the conversation on the on the PJ continues, Sam notes that this booklet that Bucky used to write down his, his list was actually a book that belonged to Steve Rogers when he came out of the ice. And he goes on this tangent saying, yeah, he wrote all of Trouble Man in it. It's this album by Marvin Gaye and it's Zemo who is the one that that. That gives some props to the album. He says, it is a masterpiece, James. Complete, comprehensive. It captures the African American experience. And Sam's just like, well, he's out of line, but he's absolutely right. (laughs) You know, that album was great.
0: I love this little squad together, man. Their Mm. their history is able to give them so many cool, like one-liners back and forth. And you know, Zemo also just surprises me nonstop with like lines like that. It's like hysterical. This guy's awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is a big deal that it's it's Steve's book. So Steve gave that to Bucky, and that's where Bucky's writing down his list of people he wants to make amends with.
0: Steve gave Sam the Shield and Bucky a book.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's got- like, Bucky, you got some work to do. Write down <laughs> ten names. Do yeah. your homework. And then we'll get back to you.
0: <laughs> so Zemo goes on a tangent about the problem with super soldiers. And the problem is that we put them on a pedestal. When we do that, they become symbols and icons, and we forget about their flaws. Movements are formed, and wars are started. Do we really want to live in a world with a bunch of people like Red Skull? So I really like that random name drop in there by Zemo. Yep. Agreed. Uh, he, he says, like, that is why we're going to Madripoor.
1: It's also so, yeah, it's also important, and I don't know if it's actually talked about a lot in the the mcu but in the comics when you take the super soldier serum not only does it give you the superhuman abilities but it actually it actually magnifies whatever traits you have whether they're good or bad so for example if if red skull takes it and he has these awful traits all rise for that you know and then you get someone like steve rogers who's pure and and the best person that ever existed and you get captain america
0: so you know back and you, forth he, yeah are you talking about physical traits or just like... No, per- no, like personal characteristic,
1: traits. Mm. personal traits as well.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. That's why Steve was like the perfect candidate for it. Exactly.
0: So like if a dude who was known to have like a really nice beard took the Super Soldier Serum, he wouldn't get a magnified beard. You're just oh, it would about- probably
1: magnify the beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: shit. Okay. So have I have to believe that's true. Oh, I mean, man. your
1: beard's already pretty good, Paul. I don't know how it could get any better from the Super Soldier Serum, but you could try. Mm-hmm.
0: That I'm trying to think, and that's my biggest strength. I must <laughs> yeah. say.
2: So still on the private jet, uh, we find out Madripoor was an old private sanctuary in the Indonesian archipelago that still keeps its lawless ways. And then we have Zemo turn to Bucky and say, James, you will have to go with someone who you claim is gone, obviously, meaning the Winter Soldier. Uh, So then we get this quick scene flashing to Carly. Not a lot to dissect here. She's playing soccer in a GRC resettlement camp in Latvia and she goes upstairs you know there's there's a voice in the background saying you should spend time with her uh there's not much time left uh she'd want that and we see carly's just holding the hand of i i thought it was her mother off the top of my head but holding the hand of a dying woman in like Mm -hmm. a hospital bed
0: uh not much else in that scene so carly's mother died and the next scene we get is mad report and we get the boys walking down this incredibly sexy looking suspension bridge okay with only one arch over the center it's wild it's very hot it's very aesthetically pleasing but it's not the only thing that's sexy there because cue the music paul sexiest scene (laughs) are you kidding me? Like these three men look like savages in a good way. I mean, you have Bucky looking great in the leather flaunting the vibranium arm. arm. Then you have Zemo looking unbelievably fresh in a long coat with the fur collar popped. And then you got Sam's on Sam's ensemble, just looking unbelievably clean. (laughs) And in the words of Barney Stinson, dude, he suited up like it was, they looked great. Um, so, you know, they go in to the scene and Sam's like, all right, we have to fix this. I'm the only one who looks like a pimp. Yeah. And Zemo's response to that is only an American would assume a fashion forward black man looks like a pimp. And I'm like, fuck yeah, Zemo. Let's break these stereotypes. Um, so he says, like, you're looking exactly like the man you're supposed to be playing. The sophisticated, charming African rake named Conrad Mack, a.k.a. the Smiling Tiger. He has a bad nickname, but it does look like me. Um and this is where Zemo goes, you smell that it's Magripor, we're here. And then Jimmy, you got some some low about what Magigore is in magic poor in the comics, correct?
1: Yeah, so let's start off. I love Paul's sexiest scene being this because, like you said, they're all looking so badass. I love Bucky's winter soldier attire. Mm-hmm. I I know that once he sheds the winter soldier moniker or whatever i know it's already gone technically but once he the series is over and he actually moves on from it we're probably not gonna see this outfit again and it hurts my feelings because i love it i wish he would have put the mask on but we but we know that you know he he needs he needs to show the face sebastian stan's got a nice face you gotta you gotta show that off um smiling tiger is in the comics he doesn't look anything like the Falcon, but who cares? He actually kind of looks like Wolverine, his costume at least, but he is in the comics and he's, he helped run, he helps run the underworld in Madripoor. So not all the time, but he is in the comics and it's a nice, nice little Easter egg. So Madripoor here is actually probably one of the biggest MCU X-Men slash mutant I don't even want to call it an Easter egg because it's just straight up telling us it's, it's even bigger than anything we've gotten from WandaVision, I think. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but Madripoor is straight up an X-Men location. It is straight up from the X-Men comics. Like Brian was saying, it was founded by pirates centuries ago. And it's pretty much a place where any vice can be indulged. Plenty of crime. It's kind of like Gotham city, Crime's OK. Vices are OK. You're not going to get in trouble. It's where all it's where all the sketchy stuff goes down. Um, a lot of black market stuff. I don't know if you guys caught this. I'm sure you did. But there's two sections, Hightown and Lowtown. It's pretty obvious where they what they are. But Hightown actually does have legitimate businesses and it is where the rich people go. And you see the, the, the kind of like Sharon Carter already gave us a little, even though she is in a sketchy business, what she does later. Um, she does live in high town. She lives in the penthouses. The low town is where you see a lot of the crime. Another crazy thing about this is that this is Wolverine's favorite vacation spot. So whenever he is not, Chilling with the X Men, doing his thing. He actually is in Madripoor, In a little bit we're gonna get a scene where we see the Princess Bar. They show that he actually is a part owner of that bar, and it's really funny too. When he's in Madripoor, he usually goes by the alias of Patch, and it's literally just Logan with a patch on, an eye patch on. That's it. So it's it's, <laughs> it's just as good as Clark Kent with his glasses, you know? But I didn't see Hugh Jackman behind the scenes. Did you guys see him anywhere?
0: I want to be looking now. Jesus, yeah, yeah. seriously. But yeah,
1: like you were saying, Paul, very mm-hmm. aesthetically pleasing. I'm really pumped for this. I don't think, I, I don't even know if it's actually going to have any kind of X-Men mutant. We're not going to get into that because we learned our lesson from WandaVision. Sure. But it's really cool that finally, now that we have the... Fox MCU or uh, X-Men licensing, we can use a location like Madripoor.
2: So the island Madripoor is inherently related to the X-Men universe more so than just like the Avengers stuff going on. That is a straight X-Men nod yep. to the comic yep. books. That's really cool and exciting. It, just, it feels like they're just preparing us for the storm of the X-Men to enter the MCU. And Mm -hmm. I'm glad they're doing that with these little Easter eggs too. I didn't even read the comics, Jim. That's This must have been awesome for someone like you. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's also funny too, because I played it. Obviously, we all play card games, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Pokemon, whatever it is. There's a card game called Versus System, and it was Marvel. And then it turned into Marvel and DC superheroes. It was such a cool game. There was Madripoor was a a card, and that was one of the first times, because I didn't know Madripoor in the comics. Zach, the comic guy, was the one who taught me about it back in the day, but it was its own card, and that's how I learned from it because they always had the destri- descriptions at the bottom of the card to tell you what each location or character was. So it, it was cool. It was really cool to see that they, they were using Madripoor. That's awesome.
0: And I like how they broke it up into high Town and low Town. and I love that little line Zemo has. Oh, that's low Town, not a bad place if you want to visit, but we're going the other way. <laughs> and Sam hits him with a let me guess, no friends in High Town. But don't worry, Sam, because you'll always have a friend at Bingetown.
2: Hell <laughs> no. yeah. All right, that so. was horrible.
0: <laughs> so they get in the car and they start driving and a squad of motorcycles acts as like an escort. That's it. They just never refer to that again. It was just to look really cool. And like I said it before, every time they turn a corner, the place just is very aesthetically pleasing. It just looks like a really cool place where a lot of crime happens Mm -hmm. Um, so they walk into a club guns everywhere drugs everywhere being like sold bought uh, money being handed back and forth Um, soundtrack playing is great it's some some foreign rap but it was totally fit and then they walk into this random bar and Zemo right away he's like Bucky like you must do everything I command of you as if you are the Winter Soldier we are you know in character And there's people in the back of the bar saying, like, "Yo, hey, is that the Winter Soldier? Like, is he here? So they're obviously starting a scene right away just by walking in.
1: Yeah, and as (laughs) soon as you see them walking in and after he says, you must do everything I say, you can hear Zemo in Russian say, you know, what does he say? Winter Soldier comply or something, ready to comply. That's Mm. when you start getting the whispers because people are like, oh, shit, Winter Soldier's here.
0: (laughs) It's so cool. Bucky can fall back in right away, and we'll get that coming up. Yeah. But how cool is this bartender, man? walks (laughs) walks <laughs> up he's just so chill he's like hey wasn't expecting like to see you today smiling tiger zemo comes up with something oh his plans changed but, like we're here for business with selby looks at sam the usual Sanders just doesn't say anything he just he's got that you know mean look on and just nods you're like yeah yeah this guy goes in a jar behind the bar grabs a live snake cuts it open i don't i don't know what he grabbed in there I don't know what it was, if it's snake liver or something. But (laughs) anyway, it's disgusting. Drops it in a shot and gives it. And Zemo is just gassing it up. He's like, ah, Smiling Tiger, your favorite. He's like, ah, you have to drink this pussy.
1: And you know, and you know, Zemo's got the vodka
2: straight up.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) The easy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Call it
2: snake juice. That's uh, Tom Haverford's specialty drink from Parks and Rec. Yeah. (laughs) If you recall. Yeah. So snake juice we have here.
0: Hell Yeah. And I, I like, liked how I liked how Zima said, Cheers, Conrad. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a smiling tiger beforehand. So this
2: is where we get the ground soldier of the power broker come up and confront Zemo, essentially just say, you weren't welcome here. And Zemo says, I'm not here to do business with the power broker. Maybe he can just send out Selby like that's who I'm here for. Bucky then asks about the power broker and, you know, Zemo's just like, Hey, every kingdom needs its King. Let's just pray. We stay under his radar in Madripoor. He is judge, jury and executioner. Um, And this is where we get the fight scene where Zemo someone grabs Zemo from behind and he just says winter soldier attack. And Bucky just starts whooping some ass. Awesome no, need to, no need to shake off the rust. He already has it. And he I, brought it.
0: I was waiting for this. I wanted Bucky just to release some steam. He had a lot he, going on. He
1: was so convincing that Sam had to be like, you good? And afterwards.
0: <laughs> oh, I didn't know if he was good, man. I thought he right. was just going to continue he on. Nod,
1: But yeah,
0: yeah. Mm. I loved it.
1: Uh, I want to rewind a little, a little bit, another little Easter egg when they're walking around Madripoor, like you were saying, Paul, when you're seeing all the crazy shit going down, you see on the wall, the power broker is watching. So you know uh, yeah. he's the big dog. Mm-hmm.
2: So after the winter soldier handles these three people, the bartender looks at them and says, okay, you guys can see Selby now. So the trio, Zemo, Sam and Bucky walk into the back to meet with Selby. And you know, her and Zemo exchange pleasantries. She's like, I thought you were locked up, rotten away in Berlin, yada, yada, yada. Eventually, the conversation shifts to Zemo offers Bucky the Winter Soldier in exchange for information, any information on the Super Soldier serum. And Selby tells him right off the bat that the serum is here in Madripoor. It is being manufactured by a Dr. Wilfred Nagel and the power broker had him working on the serum but things didn't go as planned and then she says breadcrumbs are free bakery's going to cost you
0: selby is a really interesting character and spoiler alert it kind of sucks that she gets shot right here mm-hmm. um, because i did i did like just them showing like the kingpins of this underground magapore and how smart they are i mean she says to sam like oh smiling tiger you're taller than i expected Like you can't get anything past her.
1: Yeah, Um, I want to bring this up and I don't want there to be any weight put on it. Again, we learned our lesson from WandaVision. But in the comics, there is a mutant named Selby. It's a male mutant whose power is mastery over computer binary code. Okay, and Paul, I think you brought this up as like a cool Kat Dennings. uh, Remember when we said, what if she gets an ability? And you're like, oh, what if she's like really... Computer savvy with a mutant yeah. ability, so this mutant has ability very very minor. I think that it's only he's only known for like one issue. This she is not gonna be a mutant, but it might be a, a fun Easter egg. But also there is somebody in the the crew. I think it's a either an artist or a videographer who has the name Selby as well. So it just be it might be a nod to that person too. But I I wanted to bring it up because hey. Got to bring it up, but not going to be a mutant. (laughs) Mephisto is not coming.
0: But if there are mutants, you heard it here first. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, this is when Sam's phone rings and everybody knows that's an absolute no-no in a boss battle like this. (laughs) So Selby says, you know, answer it on speaker. And you see it's from Sarah. He answers, you know, hey, we need to talk about the situation what situation are you talking about?
1: He was playing it pretty well at first and her answers were okay until the very,
0: very end. The the only situation we have going on, what situation are you talking about? The bank situation. He was like, ah, okay. Yeah. The bank. And then she says, you know, like, watch your tone. I let it slide at the bank. Oh, that man, that dude owes me so much money. And then he goes on to say like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get that banker killed. (laughs) And then that's when you think everything's good. He played it off. Cool. And all of a sudden you hear the kids in the background. Sarah goes, Oh, like I, I, I'm a little busy right now. Sam, I'll call you back later. Selby immediately, Sam, who's Sam? Like fucking kill them. Yeah. That's when the bullet comes in through the window and hits Selby right in the chest. Like Zemo says later, they got a guardian angel looking after him. So they're able to brawl their way out of there. Um, After they take down Selby's guards, they're kind of like, oh shit, what do we do? Zemo's like, hey, we have a really, really big problem now. Just put leave your weapons here and follow me and follow my lead. And as they're walking out of the club, you can just see everybody getting texts, looking down, and you see, you know, bounty out. Selby's dead. Kill her killers. And yep. what was it? It was like, like one billion, k- like K, whatever that currency is.
1: It was a big, big amount of money, and they were gonna be dead if it wasn't for our girl coming back. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, they get. Sh- start getting shot at, you know, almost immediately. And they're kind of running around looking for cover. And after they turn a corner, all of a sudden, somebody's covering them with fire and um, shoots their chasers, their pursuers, and honestly saves their life like three different times. There's a – this scene, Zemo like disappears for a little bit. And I was nervous that he wasn't coming back. Yeah. So when he pops up and he's like, hey, like looks like you guys have a guardian angel, I was like – Is he good? Is he sticking around because he wants to help? Mm. I mean, like you guys were saying, he needs to take care of the super soldier serum first. So he needs Bucky and everything from them. Then we'll see his true colors after that. Yep. But right away, I knew this was Sharon. I knew it. And I was happy because that's all I was caring for, calling for, I should say.
1: So we asked the question, What is she doing? We thought she was still on the run. And question answered, She's still on the run and she's a freaking badass.
0: unbelievable i don't know where this like she was like a secret sleeper agent that was supposed to be posing as steve rogers uh neighbor so we knew she had like some field ability but what she does in this episode is insane Uh, first of all
1: yeah she's a major badass in the comics too so
0: expected Yeah, yeah okay that's sweet um first of all she kills all those guys and then right away she's like the back and forth she has with with the three guys standing in front of her okay so she is like all right drop it zemo like you're the reason why we're here he, he killed T'Challa's dad and then she's like don't you remember like i stole steve shield for for you and that's why i'm here and then i stole your wing so you could save his ass from his ass yeah yeah what a good line I fucked that up so bad, too. That's all right. It. It,
1: <laughs> Such a, it, it worked for me, dude. And <laughs> I do want to give us a little uh, fact check here. We were talking about in one of the podcasts, who is she to Peggy? We said great granddaughter is actually great
2: grandniece. Oh okay. No, I'm sorry. Great niece. Great niece is who she is. And she just reminds him that unlike you, I didn't have the Avengers to have my back after. You know, the whole, I stole your win wings for your ass, so you could save his ass from his ass. She said, I didn't have the Avengers to back me up, so now I'm in hiding here in Madripoor. Like, I'm off the grid. This is the only place I can live. So, obviously, she's going to help him out. So, she takes them to, she has a place in Hightown, where they find out that she sells art. Like, yeah. actual Van Gogh art pieces, not the ones that oh, are in my the God. museums. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> So funny, Sam. Oh, I thought The other three were just going off about all this knowledge and they're so cultured. And Sam's like, oh, OK, I see what you guys are doing. You're all more worldly than our friend Sam here. Yeah. And then Bucky walks by. Well, what's Google say? No shit. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Sharon says, hey, I'm clo- I'm hosting clients in an hour. So you guys need a change. They go into this other room. And this is basically all about what happened after the blip and everything. So that obviously Sharon's still bitter saying like, hey, you know, the superhero thing is all bullshit, right? I mean, it's all hypocrisy. I saw you give away that shield. Like you must know it too. Um, Sam was trying to say, you know, I'm sorry for never not calling you. Um, you know, I didn't know you were here all this time. And with everything with the blip, Sharon's like, whatever, save it. I don't want to hear it. And then they go on to say, Sharon, that is is talking to bucky saying like oh like what you don't like the new cap like you were all about that yay stars and Stripes ship like before that you were before you were his like robotic soldier you were captain america's best friend yep. bucky straight up just looks at sam and goes wow she's awful now
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: She's a bitch now.
2: She's a badass. (laughs) She's just whipping them into shape, calling them out for all their shit. And they're just like, well, where's all this coming from? Come on. We're just trying to get the super serum. But yeah, she she's kind of she kind of has this anti-hero vibe going on. She's just kind of this rogue, badass mercenary. It's pretty cool backstory for her. Yeah, Um, I love
1: this Sharon Carter.
2: I feel like she could be brought into the fold and be sort of that black widow type who's just informed on everything, is a badass hand-to-hand combatant and just is like a real higher up for shield. I mean, it seems like Sam is going to get her pardoned, and then there is eventually going to be a bigger role for Sharon Carter. Yeah, there
0: really should be. I would mm-hmm. expect so. So they said, Hey, we have a name, Wilfred Nagel. Can you help us out? She's like, All right, I saw us some pretty connected people he works for the power broker but you know i'll see what i can do enjoy the party stay low i'll see what i can find and my god the coolest scene in (laughs) it was so cool i came for the low 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 i came for the low low Oh, my God, Zemo, just with his little fucking fist pump right there. That was amazing. Yep.
2: Yeah, Zemo <laughs> was breaking it down. He's been to Madripoor before, before. He knows what's good. Yeah, he, was, he
0: was inspecting all the art. Like, he actually appreciated it, too. He was all up close. He was having a good time, man.
2: Yeah, and this is this is another one of those those pacing things that I was talking about earlier. Sharon says, I'm going to go see what I can find. Sure enough, we have a dance scene. She comes back. Hey, I found them. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Love it. Problem solved. And that takes us to the I called them the quad squad because now there's four of them. And it's okay. really funny because it rhymes. So the quad squad is going on onto this cargo ship. Uh, Sharon leads them to a container and tells them that he's in, you know, he's in there. Uh, So they're in the shipping container. It's completely barren. And then Zemo goes to the back and pushes the back door to reveal this secret staircase. They go up and they find this laboratory. There's some funky music playing. And Dr. Nagel is there working with some vials or what have you.
0: Question. So Sharon is like, all right, it's in that great container. 4261 that'd be cool if that was an easter egg i don't know if it is
1: it Um, is um it's actually earth 4261 it is the alternate earth where the avengers all die Uh, they're trying to fight somebody but they all die i can't remember but that's all we need
0: it is a it is an alternate earth yep That is awesome. I I didn't look it up. I thought I would. And then I was like, ah, every time it leads to nothing.
1: It's funny because I looked it up and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to write this down. And then I was like, but Paul will probably ask it. Paul (laughs) likes those
2: damn numbers.
0: (laughs) Hell yeah, I do. You guys Um, have been on too many podcasts together. You
2: know how each other are thinking.
0: So so Sharon is like, all right, it's in that container. You check it out. I'll provide backup. When they walked in and it was completely empty, were you guys thinking, because I 100% was, oh shit, Sharon is going to capture them and turn them in for the bounty.
2: I was like, why are all three of you guys walking in here and mm-hmm. they could have just gotten locked in there? Yes, I thought yeah. the exact same thing. Maybe not Sharon, but I thought it was dangerous. All three of them going in at one time. I
1: yeah. definitely thought it was some kind of trap as well.
0: Mm. Okay, cool. Because I was sweating. And yeah, this is where, you know, the, the Dr. Nagle conversation comes into play reveals a lot of things while this conversation is going on i'll let b toms get through that but while this is all happening bounty hunters are just flooding in trying to get to selby's killers and sharon is just taking care of every single one of them so badass i like she did she know what she was signing up for? Did she know she was gonna get shot at or killed when she was like, oh, I'll help you find. I don't Is think it- she gave
2: a shit because she knew she could handle whatever it was. yeah she she warns them in that conversation
1: you don't want to mess with the power broker or anyone associated with them. so she must have been aware of what and she knows that that bounty's like these guys are the headhunters w- wanting the bounty mm-hmm. and she knew what was gonna happen. She was warning them the whole uh-huh. time you need to get the hell out of here. She just was ready for it, man. She's Chuck not messing it. around. She took down, what,
0: like seven, eight bodies or something like that? Oh,
2: yeah. Unbelievable. It also seems like when she drives away, her her driver or whatever, she says, we have a problem. Actually, a couple problems. So it seems like Sharon may have alternative interests in yeah. Bucky and Sam and what they're doing for unrelated reasons that we don't know of yet. But it, it seems like there's a little bit more to Sharon's backstory of just being this rogue in Madripoor. When you guys saw her get into the car. Did you have any
1: thoughts that she may actually still be working for the government and trying to infiltrate either the flag smashers or the power broker or anything like that? Or do you think that she is still, you know, the, the person on the run, but has some, like you're saying, Brian, some kind of ulterior motives with the
2: situation going down? Well, <laughs> so my my mind immediately went to still working with the government. I don't know if I could think that she's a sleeper agent still, but it, it did seem like she just that interaction, how she was talking to that person seemed like there was some governing body affiliation. Like she seemed very formal and serious and professional. Um, but I was actually worried for a second too. it, it could have went either way
1: for a second. I was worried that in the in the passenger seat was going to be our introduction to the power broker. Like, I thought mm. she was going to be working for him or something. And that that's would, why I thought it was a
0: trap, too, for a
1: little bit. But yeah. she got them out of it.
0: I immediately thought that she was working with somebody else. As B. Thomas was saying earlier, He has she has other interests, um, either with just the business of the super soldier serum in Magikor, Magipor, or, <laughs> you know, just related to those people in general. Um, yeah. Now that you say that, I mean, I'm going to thinking that now i'm like all right so she yeah. is working with some higher up
2: yeah she also does have reason to want to help sam and bucky because they are offering her that pardons in the united states but I, i'm kind of getting the feel that maybe she already settled out of pardons and she's working you know what i mean yeah. I, I can't get a read on, wh- on where she's at right now there's definitely more to it than her being this rogue in imaginable like i said
1: you also have to wonder How what Bucky's affiliate, Bucky and Sam's affiliation or standing with the government is, if the government is actually John Walker and John Walker and them had that falling out. So if Sharon's working for the government, she might now be undercover with them or making sure they're in, you know, on the right path. Something to think about.
0: If she's in cahoots with John Walker and she calls them in to like get Bucky and Sam, like. And take all the credit, like right before, they. I'll be so mad. I would
1: hate that. I would hate that.
0: I really would. But the biggest part of the episode. I like this, Sharon. Yeah, I do, too. This badass one. But uh, arguably the most informative part of the episode is this talk with Dr. Nagel. Yeah. So B times, yeah. You Our resident, I, you know,
2: I got a, I got a <laughs> nice, nice paragraph here because it is loaded with a lot of good information. So he says, I was brought into Hydra's Winter Soldier program to pick up their work after the five failed test subjects in Siberia. Uh, When Hydra fell, I was recruited by the CIA. They had blood samples from an American test subject with semi-stable traces of serum in his system. After much labor, I was able to isolate the necessary compounds in his blood. I was a god. I did what no other scientist since uh, Erskine was able to do, but mine was going to be different. No clunky machines or jacked up bodies. Mine was going to be subtle, optimized, perfect. Before I was able to complete my work, I turned to dust, obviously got swept up in the happening. Then when I returned, it was five years later, the program had been abandoned, so I came here to Madripoor. Uh, The power broker was more than happy to fund the recreation of my work. I made 20 vials. He's asked how many vials he made. He made 20. And then he said, but Carly Morgenthau stole those. I can only imagine what the power broker has in store for that poor girl. He then continues to say that a couple of days ago, Carly called him and asked if he could help a woman named Dania Madani who had tuberculosis. And that is assumedly uh, the same woman that we saw Carly with earlier. Yep. Yeah. So did you guys
1: assume that the American he was speaking of was Isaiah Bradley there? hmm. OK, yeah. So uh, in the com- comics, Dr. Wilford Nagel is a scientist, same kind of thing. But he was actually part of the World War II experiments that we spoke about last podcast episode where he was experimenting on hundreds of black soldiers. And he finally was able to get one soldier, Isaiah Bradley, to survive and become a super soldier. We're getting more Isaiah. So while you're going through that wonderful paragraph, Brian, we saw our boy Zemo looking for a gun under the yeah. <laughs> under the table. So he finds it. I thought, again, this is the heel turn. He does take out Nagel. Now, we know that he's not messing with anyone that could create these super soldier serums. Sharon locks them up pretty quick, though, man. She was like, get that. <laughs> you know, she was done with that. But, yeah, Zemo took him out.
0: Yeah, I knew that was coming. I was waiting for it just because earlier in... This episode when Sam and Bucky got to the warehouse, how Bucky explained like why he wanted to break Zemo out of jail. It says, okay, he hates super soldiers, um, so like he has an agenda. He might be evil, but at least he has a code. So yeah. as soon as he said that, this is the number one thing Zemo sticks by, no super soldiers. Yep. So I knew it was coming. He's going to try to basically, like what he said earlier, finish his work, erase every trace.
2: Yeah. So shit starts to hit the fan real quick. Like you said, Sharon runs in and tells him, hey, we are completely out of time. There's too many of these assassins outside. Zemo shoots Nagel and then someone outside hits the shipping container with an RPG. So it's just chaos abound. Uh, They lose Zemo for a second in the explosion and they have a gunfight with the remaining pursuing assassins. Uh, Zemo meanwhile puts on the mask and starts Mm. killing some of said assassins he kind of like flanks around and this was the opportunity in my head where I said if he wanted to leave he could have left but instead not only was he just indifferent in the battle he was taking out assassins and working for them if, if, if (laughs) he can be a good guy. I would freak because Zemo is so good as a character and I love the schemers, but schemers, they they just tend to be villains. So I'm not holding my breath.
1: I definitely don't see him becoming a good guy, but he, like you said, he's such a good character and he will, I really, really hope he is in it more after the season.
2: I would kind of like for him to turn into one of those people with just You know, the boundaries of their morality are a little bit gray and he's not quite on the good side, but he's not on the bad side either. And it's it's like a situation like this when they needed someone who has information, they go to Zemo because he's not a good guy, not a bad guy. He's just kind of Zemo.
0: Yeah. In the warehouse, Zemo says, I think I'm invaluable. And Sam tells him to shut up he's absolutely correct. Invaluable. I mean, not only does he save all their asses here, he gets their getaway vehicle. He goes to a mm-hmm. crane, steals a nice Pontiac, supercharged, very hot. And you know, sexy scene. <laughs> <laughs> this is where Shannon breaks off. And we already talked about her and her, you know, driver in that car and everything. So Zemo says, all right, like we got a name. We're off.
2: And that will take us to the next scene is Carly at the same GRC supply depot in Lithuania that we saw earlier in the episode. And she's talking with a friend kind of about like, is this how you saw your life ending up? Or she says, I wanted to be a teacher. He wanted to be something else. And this guy's asking her, hey, do you do you think you want to get a beat and mourn? Uh, obviously referencing this woman that we saw. And she says, no, it has to be done today. It's what she would have wanted. Whatever. We got to press on. And we also get the backstory. It seemed like Carly, when she was a refugee, found herself in Madrapur. That's where these two linked up. Oh, that's right. He was in Madrapur Guard, just, yeah. you know, a, a selling a himself
0: there. Yeah. yeah, he said Bouncer was more lucrative.
2: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and then she recalls when they took the super serum and how it made their veins feel like they were on fire, yada, yada, yada. He
0: wants to and be then, a teacher, yada, yada, yada. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then she brings up that dr nagel was killed in module so that information already made its way to her uh so soon her friend brings up that the power broker is still going to be an issue for them in the future and she said hey dr nagel's dead pretty soon he's going to be coming begging to us because he wants his super serum back yep which also means that there are more vials out there
1: yeah yeah and this guy soon in the next scene that we see when they go visit shit acronym of the grc yeah when they go to visit the grc camp we will get to that in a second but that when he puts the mask on that's the big guy that we're remember we in the first episode we said where's that guy at with the
2: mask and the long hair that's yeah it. oh cool yeah i didn't even put that together but yeah yeah
0: oh okay Now i got it that yeah. makes sense
2: we can actually hit that scene real quick so It's assumedly later that same night in the dark, uh, the Flag Smashers are loading a bunch of supplies into vans, and they had a successful raid on this GRC supply depot. And they have hostages tied up inside. And as they're leaving, it's Carly and this guy. Carly doesn't take her own car, but instead drives with him. And as they're driving away, the car explodes and sets the entire supply depot ablaze. And the one dude even notes like, hey, you know, there were people alive in there. That's like not what we do. And she said, that's the only language these people understand. Right. So Carly is now turning from this freedom fighter figure to someone who's who's killing people. Because yeah, she she's thinks getting that's, more villainous. Carly's is a weird character. She's a little bit of an enigma that they just kind of brought into the fold. But she's mm-hmm. she's kind of getting more screen time than I anticipated. I mean,
1: I guess for now, she really is the leader of whatever yeah. Flag Smasher group that we're seeing. I, I thought that there would be another leader that came to light. But so far, it's Carly.
2: So that will bring us to the scene in the Berlin prison where Johnny Walker and Lamar are revisiting essentially the holding cell where Zemo was at and just got broken out of. And Johnny immediately thinks that it was Bucky and Sam who are responsible. And Lamar, I actually kind of liked Lamar in the limited screen time this episode. He is, he is kind of the moral, the person who keeps John Walker morally in check, you know, is asking the right questions. Like in this instance, he asks, you know, we can't just accuse them of breaking out helmet Zemo without any concrete evidence. And then Johnny Walker has a retort, which leads Lamar to say, oh, okay, so the next part's going to be some off-the-book stuff then, right? And Johnny responds with, if we get the job done, you think they're going to sweat us on the how? There's that ferocity. There it is. There's our boy Johnny. Steve Rogers always goes by the book. Hell yeah. Not my cap. Not my cap. Hashtag. And this is where... We then segue to, and that's kind of the end of their scene. So Johnny Johnny is now suspicious of Bucky and Sam and their involvement with Zemo. That's all we get there. Then we return to Zemo's PJ and Sam is on the phone with Captain Torres and is essentially just telling him to run the name Danya Madani, which is the name drop from Dr. Nagel. Mm-hmm. And Sam is upset. Once he hangs up the phone, Sam vents his frustrations with what Sharon obviously has had to deal with in the fallout of what they went through with Steve and how Isaiah was treated as a test subject rather than a person. It's just kind of all getting to him at once, and he's venting his frustrations with it. And then he starts thinking that, hey, maybe I should have just destroyed the shield instead of giving it to the museum. And that kind of triggers Bucky. He immediately says, hey, man, that shield represents a lot of things for a lot of people, myself included. We need a new cap and if it ain't going to be what, or excuse me, we need a new cap and it ain't going to be Walker. So before you go and destroy it, I'll take it from him myself.
1: As we get closer to the end of this season. And if we think that's one of them is going to be pick up the, the shield, it doesn't have to be this episode, but soon, maybe next episode, we should discuss who we actually think should take the shield, whether it's Sam or Bucky. I do like, I think it was, You, Brian, that said that you believe that they'll both take it up at the end of the season. Did you say that where you believe that, like not necessarily like two Captain Americas, but they're just going to agree that, you know, Johnny Walker isn't going to be the Captain America, but
2: they'll both be in, in holding of the shield. I don't think if I if I said exactly that, but I said something to that effect. Yes, yeah. they're both going to be supporting the mantle of Captain America, which yeah. kind of contradicts the idea that one of them would assume the role of Captain right. America. Right. And yeah, let's not go too deep into yeah. it. That That would be a great conversation point for the next episode is which one of those two would be the better man. What I did say last episode is that both of these two have a lot of growing up before either of them is even close to ready. To be Agreed. Captain America, and I still think that's true today. So after Bucky and Sam have that interaction, Zemo comes out with some food for them. I thought that was funny. He's just coming out carrying plates of cakes or whatever. And Sam already gets a call back from Torres uh, saying that you know the name found a match. He he ID'd Danya Madani, and this woman was found dead in Riga, Lithuania. So Madani's dead, uh, but now they say okay. Maybe that's where Carly was. They put that together. So they're headed to this place, Riga, Lithuania, to check in and see if Carly left any any tracks or, or clues to where she might be. And Zemo says he has a place to go, but then he also says, you know, I, I'm a little bit excited to come face-to-face with this Carly person. There's an admiration there.
1: Yeah, I'd like to see him have a conversation with her before he freaking shoots her because, you know, he doesn't want her to be around.
2: So... I actually immediately thought Carly is obviously young. You know, she's pretty young to be the leader of a terrorist organization or something like that. And Zemo doesn't seem too pissed at her, but rather interested for how that interaction's going down. What if Zemo kind of wants to bring this chick Carly under his wing and have her be his right hand man? And then the Flag Smashers could then be his muscle. Obviously, Zemo can't do it all by himself.
1: Yeah, I actually I remember bringing up in episode one, me thinking that he was going to be the leader of this Flag Smashers. Yeah. Now, after these three episodes and obviously going back to his MCU movie appearance, he's so against the super soldier serum. I don't know if he would be able to keep if if they are only his muscle, like you're saying, maybe. But I feel like he would rather get rid of all of them now after i'm thinking about it
0: yeah because uh, what dr nagel said there was somebody who had the serum he was older he was able to extract his blood and replicate it so if any super soldier is left alive then the work will be able to be reproduced so his probably probable goal is to kill everybody including and the fact that
1: yeah exactly and the fact that carly or any of the other super soldiers are super soldiers, he would have to be worrying at all times. Someone's going to try to take over for him, <clears throat> you know, usurp his his leader
2: position. I do also like sorry, this is a sidebar that I forgot to bring up when I was doing the Dr. Nagel paragraph, but he said that his was more optimized and there would be no muscle juicing involved. And that explains why Carly is, you know, a relatively
0: petite young yeah. woman instead of like a
2: jacked human being. You know what I mean? Yeah. That yeah. was cool. It, it's a different serum.
0: And he said, like, no clunky machines. So, you know, when Cap, when Steve Rogers went in, he had that, like, Iron Maiden-looking coffin thing he had to go into. So this seems like it's just a syringe. You shoot him up. You're back.
1: Back in Captain America the first avenger when they had to give him the serum they also had to shoot him with some kind of rays or something yeah and that's what the machine was for so now none of that's needed just inject it feel some fire in her veins for a little bit and you're good to go
2: that makes a lot of sense too because the flag smashers probably wouldn't have that available at their disposal that kind right. of machinery so that may, that feels a little bit of a plot hole that i didn't even think of really right but that's all we have in the private jet. The next scene takes us to them—not landing. They're already in Latvia. I'm sorry. This is Riga, Latvia, not Riga, Lithuania. I'm sorry for all our <laughs> Lithuanian listeners. We do have some Lithuanian listeners, man. Let's so. go. Oh, yeah. Excuse me to all of our Lithuanian and Latvian listeners. It is yeah. Riga, Latvia. We love a you. Fantastic country. We love <laughs> you. So in Riga, Latvia, Zenmo recounts the tragic end of sokovia he has a little nod to its destruction and then he's snappy with them like you guys haven't obviously haven't visited the memorial anytime recently they're like yeah obviously not and they arrive at the building their destination and Bucky immediately starts acting weird. He's just like, hey, guys, I, I'm going to go for a walk. OK, you guys carry on without me. And he starts backtracking and he finds he picks up this small little metal orb or the this little ball and he starts following a trail of these balls. You know, they're stuck on the ground, on the sides of buildings. And then he's in an alleyway. He does. He turns around. And then when he turns back around, he's staring face to face with this Wakandan woman who says, I'm here for Zemo. Ayo is
1: back. She's been in all the movies that the Wakandans have been in. She's second in command
2: after uh, Michonne from Walking Dead. I forget her name. I'm sorry. I'm embarrassed to say that I did not recognize her as the same woman. I thought it was a new person, but yeah, gotcha.
1: So like you're saying, Brian, she is here. She won Zemo. I should have thought about this because obviously they do bring up that the Wakandans are not going to forgive the fact that Zemo killed uh, T'Chaka. T'Chaka. Yeah. T'Challa's father. It's a really cool little sidebar that they're going to have the Wakandans um, added into this storyline. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Bucky's going to be dealing with some stuff, man, trying to keep Zemo alive until he needs them to be, you know, I don't, we don't know if the Wakandans want to just take him. They want to execute them whatever but they want
0: them yeah it took me way too long to figure out those little beads were wakandan uh, yeah, i mean, they're they from had,
1: the original black panther movie mm-hmm, they were they, introduced
0: they had like the little symbols and I, it took me way too long to realize that um and also another question were these uh listening devices so she could hear or was it tracking devices to bring bucky to her
1: I think it was just her trying to get Bucky's attention so they could talk because we know that he has that relationship with, with the Wakandans. He's the white wolf. So (laughs) the white Panther. So um, yeah, I think she was just trying to get his attention. I would have to go back to black Panther to see if you remember when T'Challa has it's in the early scenes of black Panther. He has the beads on his wrist. It's a, bracelet that he wears mm-hmm. and they can come off into in individual beads. But I, I believe it's just her trying to get his attention.
0: Okay. Gotcha. All right. We'll talk about a cliffhanger. Like didn't even realize Wakanda was gonna come in and play a part here. Definitely should have thought about it. But well, I was... you say
1: you say cliffhanger here, Paul, but apparently mm-hmm. Sebastian Stan says there will be a ridiculous cliffhanger next episode. Is- so stay tuned.
2: You know okay. what? I'm not taking I'm taking <laughs> everything that these actors say with a grain of salt. I was promised a Luke Skywalker-esque yeah. reveal. So Sebastian, I'm not buying it.
1: Sebastian Stan says there will be a red villain in the next episode. He will look like the devil. And his name may be Mephisto.
0: Up. <laughs> no, you did not say that. You you just, I was freaking out when you said red villain for a sec.
1: <laughs> is it red skull or is it Mephisto, bro? <laughs> All
0: right. Um, that's gonna bring us right into higher vibe. I ended up writing one up real quick. Uh okay. Jimmy, Jimmy, help me out real quick. Um sure. how do you pronounce her name? Oy, Oye. I think it's A-O-I-O. Ao AYO. Ayo. All right, um, so this is going to be higher vibe. I'm going to say something. It might sound ridiculous. might sound reasonable. Jimmy and Brian will let me know. Um, First question. uh, I already forgot. Oye? Ayo. (laughs) Ayo. Ayo. (laughs) Ayo, Ayo. (laughs) Ayo, boy, come on. Ayo, okay. Ayo will join the little squad that we got building up here of Sam, Bucky, Zemo, and Sharon with whatever next mission heist. Are we still doing...
1: Uh, green, yellow, red, or are we just going to go higher vibe from now? Just on? say higher vibe. I okay. Should. I'm going to go vibe. I think that would be a really cool little thing if she needs to keep tabs on them. I don't know if she's necessarily going to be part of the group or if she's just going to be tailing them at all times, but if she's tailing them at all, tailing them at all times, they're going to need her at some point. So I do think at some point she'll join the group.
2: So if she wanted to just keep tailing them, then what would be the point of revealing herself to Bucky now? I I vibe with this, by the way, Paul. And maybe it's just because I want it to. And this group dynamic, it just works. All of them hate each other right now. Bucky and Sam don't like each other. Sam and Bucky individually dislike Zemo. So add a Wakandan who dislikes Zemo to the mix. Why the hell not? It it would work. And they will need her, like you said, Jim. Yes,
1: she's going to have this conversation with Bucky. She's revealing herself to your question, Brian, to see why. He's free. And if Bucky is going to help them in the way where, hey, you know, we deserve to have him and try him and execute slash imprison him however we want. Are you going to help us out here? Are you going to be a problem? And after that, we'll see. Obviously, Bucky's not going to give him up right away. So we're going to see if she's going to tail if she's going to say, hey, I'm joining the group until this little mission is over or you got a problem with the Wakanans now. I can't imagine we have that issue because I feel like there's so many plots going on where they, with the flag smashes with Johnny Walker, they have a lot of people they have to deal with the power broker. So I feel like the Wakandan is going to stay at least as a side plot for now.
0: All right. uh, Next one. So Zemo obviously has a lot of enemies. So what do you guys think about Zemo will not make it out of this season alive?
1: Oh, I'm gonna call you high just because I wish that he survives. I hope he
0: survives personally. I love yeah. his character.
2: Yeah, you're high. He's he's too just that type of villain. It's like a Gus uh, Gus Fring in Breaking yeah. Bad, which I guess they did kill him off. Spoiler, but like it's just. This type of guy does not die so easily. Yeah. So, no, I don't I don't think he's getting taken out.
1: Let me well, just say, uh, let me just, uh, Paul, you could jump in first.
0: Okay. I was just going to list all the people that we know of so far. Not even all the people, just most of them um, that want to kill him. So we know hmm. the power broker thinks says he's not welcome here anymore. He sent his goons at him at the bar and he killed Nagel. So, yeah, yeah, true he uh sharon that's what i was gonna say sharon wanted to kill him right when she popped up she was like hey this is all your fault uh the wakandans they want to yeah. kill her ego hey, she wants a shot at him anyone so associated he, to selby yeah honestly probably sam wants to kill him or at least bring her back to prison so there's he's surrounded by a lot of enemies
1: yeah the mcu everyone loves these characters but the one thing that we do hear a lot is they think is they get a little slack for the cookie cutter villains that are usually just one and done or you know just like hey i'm a bad guy take care of me just like in the single single movies this guy is so hey brian are we talking layers here bro this guy (laughs) is so good as a character that he just like he would be such a great villain to stick around for when they need him. And Brian, like you're saying, whether it's okay, I'm imprisoned and we need you for this kind of mission or, hey, I am Baron Zemo, a big dog villain that's going to stick around and pop up whenever we need a big dog villain. (laughs) You know, I'm going to pull some strings. I'm going to, you know, control whether it's Hydra agents or Whatever it is, he's – I think he's too good not to stick around.
2: Well, I just I just thought of the perfect thing that I would want him to become, and that's Loki. Loki is he, a bad guy, but he's been in every movie since Thor 1, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, he, He's gonna, just been around.
0: I was just going to say that. It, he is starting to become – and when I saw Civil War, I thought he was a cool villain. I didn't think whatever. This one episode makes me want him in an MCU so badly. But I was just going to say exactly that, Ryan. I mean, he's Loki. He was – a villain that people just enjoyed because he was such an interesting character and he's so nice to come back. He's so good with his back and forths with like the group. I mean, Loki's yeah. back and forth with Thor is basically Zemo's back and forth with Bucky and Sam. It's just, it's so good. And I don't, I think if MC, if the MCU kills off Zemo, they're killing off a lot of possible good content. Doesn't mean yeah, they can't kill him. Doesn't mean they can't kill him, but they will miss out on a bunch of good storylines, I guess you could say, if they keep him around.
2: Well, and I will say they already chose not to take a route to kill him. He tried to commit suicide and they literally had to trial a cat to the bullet. So if they wanted him dead, they could have killed him off there. But obviously they're already reaping the rewards of keeping him alive. Mm -hmm. He's a character in the show.
0: It reminds me of like what uh, Zach, the comic I was saying. So, like it's a thing that they would do in the comics. They'll have a villain or a character introduced, play a part, and then it will be very ambiguous about what happens with him. He'll just fly off. Like uh, White Vision at the end of WandaVision, you don't know what happened. So it's they don't kill him off. Maybe they'll just keep him around for whenever it is appropriate for him to be incorporated, which yep. I would like.
1: I would be 100% down with. He's a great actor and a great character.
2: Well, he's here now, so let's just enjoy him while we definitely have him.
0: Sure. Yeah, 100%. 100%. All right, uh, last one I have here. One of one of our side characters here, most likely Zemo, Walker, or Sharon, or Ayo, will take the Super Soldier Serum. I know you guys already think Walker is on, yeah. that, <clears throat> is on that track.
1: I'm vibing you straight up. If you're saying pick one, and I'm gonna say Johnny Walker, 100.
2: Yeah, uh, I'll go vibe Johnny Walker. I uh, I think is taking it.
0: Do you think it, Zemo, Sharon, or Ao, like the possibility of them taking it? I don't think Ao would take it unless Ao
1: no um, Sharon. I don't think so either. Zemo would be a very very interesting character. Uh, to think about if he would take it or not, you know, obviously he's so against it, but at the same time, if you can't beat him, join him. So maybe he could use that to make himself stronger so that he is, you know, I'm going to take out every other superhero and I'm going to use my superpowers to do it, you know, mm-hmm. who knows, but that would be really cool if he does do that. And we know that we need a big, a big uh, phase four, big bad. So Zemo?
2: Do you think Zemo (laughs) has that much clout that he could be the Phase Four big bad? I
1: mean, not Thanos. Like obviously, when we say like you know like Phase, so lucky. Yeah, like I mean, like so obviously we have Phase One, Two, and Three, and the big bad of all three is Thanos, and we lead up let up to Thanos. But you know, we they said that there's going to be a big bad coming in Phase Four, and They did hint that it's going to be more of like a cosmic entity because we are going to go more into the universe kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But Zemo is a big dog in the comics, so I could see it. I could see it. He would be really cool as, you know, and he would obviously need to be controlling a lot of muscle, whether it's the Flag Smashers or
0: Hydra or whatever. I'm in. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Zemo takes it, takes over the world. Big bad. Next phase. You sold me. Oh yeah. It's wild how much this 47 minute episode made me like him. Like ha- yeah. made me like him so yeah. much more. I thought he was a good character. Now he's like, you know, favorite character in Falcon, the winter soldier, I think for me. Yeah. But, uh, all right. Uh, the only lingering question I had is will we, or when will we meet the power broker? I just, I want to see who it is and I want to see his slash her. Cause we don't know, you know, just attitude persona, Like what that how they act, big ass kingpin like person. Do you guys have any? Uh, did you just
1: confirm the kingpin is gonna be in in Falcon Winter
0: Soldier? Dude, as
1: soon as I said that, I knew it. Man, so if we actually believe that the power broker is the big bed of this season, then I believe he needs to come out soon, he or she, like you said. And we're already on four, gonna be on four out of six. If it's not in 4 it better be in 5.
2: <laughs> they could also just not even give him a face reveal in this and he could be another one of those that is just in the background in the MCU. That's an ever-present thing. Definitely. And it kind of seems like that's it because they are even right now at the end of episode 3 quite a few steps away from becoming face to face with the power broker. He seems like the type that operates from the shadows. Obviously, he's a black market dealer. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him. Um what well, my guess is, I don't know, because I don't think he's even being set up.
1: <sighs> I think no, the better I... question for you and for all of us would be who's the bad guy, the power broker or the flag smashers? Mm. Two are heroes right now. Because if it's the flag smashers, then you're right, Brian. We don't have to find out who the power broker is at this time. It could be someone in the shadows that we either never find out who they are this season or. We get close enough where we're introduced, but nothing crazy.
2: Well, okay. What you just said, because we, he, the power broker isn't even on their radars right now. They they right. specifically went to this bar and he said, no, I'm not here for the power broker. We're here for Selby. So right. they are after Carly. And they, at least in our main character's eyes, Carly is the main bad guy. I.e. the flag smashers.
0: Yep. Okay. I'm going to say we're definitely going to see him just because, we already saw his henchmen. We already saw like the guy on the cell phone who had the jacket on that was shooting out the plane when Carly mm-hmm. and the flash Mashers took off. We got his name drop a bunch in Magipur and we already know that he's coming after Carly for the serum and he's coming after these guys for killing Selby. Um, Maybe it's not him per se. Maybe that's just the, the law of Magipur. You mm-hmm. know, if one of somebody dies, a bounty goes out for the killer. John Wick. But I feel like there's too many people that pissed him off that he he's just going to let them go and we're not going to see them.
1: It's funny that you bring up John Wick. I will need a fact check before we keep this in the pod, but I believe one of the John Wick writers wrote this episode.
0: That's no way. I believe so. Yeah, I think <laughs> I read that. That's amazing. It makes a lot of sense cuz I was getting that vibe. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, like you said, Paul, I, I, I'm i really interested to see what happens with this whole dynamic with the Power Broker, the Flag Smashers, Johnny Walker, the Wakandans. We have a lot of we have a lot of shit going on right now. We need to tie a lot of it up. I want to see a lot more Sharon. I want to see who she's working for or if she is, you know, maybe she is just the straight up badass. We'll find out. But that's it's a lot of stuff going on. I'm excited to see the
2: next three episodes. Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited about the Wakandan specifically, and honestly, I'm. I'm excited if we get a little bit of seeds into what the MCU's plans are post Chadwick Bosman. Honestly, yeah. if we if we can get if we hear Wakanda, we we are down to Black Panther at the moment. Yeah. So yeah, R.I.P. Right. You know, a tragedy. But in the scope of the MCU, you know, the story has to continue. So I'm interested to see if we get any
0: information. That yeah. is a fantastic point that I did not even think of. The repercussions of Bozeman's passing. Jeez. Okay, all right. That's going to do it for us, guys. Here comes the plug. If you like what you heard, our podcast also covers Wandavision, season five of Magicians, Amazon's The Boys, the Haunting Hill House, and Bly Manor. Starship series Spartacus. We cover a lot of good stuff, guys. Uh, if you're on the World Wide Web, give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter, and hit subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Once again, we are Binge TV, and thank you so much for listening. I came for the low, 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 low. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.